In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Wow, we have now got another four players to the Browns. It is crazy. We're on day three, and then comes my favourite bit, undrafted free agents. That's right, Jack, my favourite moment of the draft. But Jack, it was exciting last night. We were trading back. How did you feel about it all? It was good. Um, both great trade backs. Um, there was a few people they liked on the board, so the first one made sense. Really small trade back, but it's worth adding that 160th pick. And then the second one was really, really good. Um, moving back, what, 13 picks, I think it was in the end. And you basically double. It's buy one, get one free. That's what I'm going to call it. It's buy one, get one free season. Um, you, take, you take one third round pick. You go, boom. And then suddenly you've got two third round picks. It's magic. It was phenomenal. I was having a field day, a few people moaning, but it was interesting to know, and I pulled this up on Twitter this morning. When I first proposed the idea of trading back out the first, it was, no, you don't trade out the first because that's where all the good talent is. We trade back 13 spots in the third round and everyone was saying, you don't do that. There's so much good talent there. It's like, which way do you want it? Is there loads of talent in the third round? So let's add even more of it or don't get the third round because they're all pointless. So uh, it was just funny to know um, because I am... Good old team trade back. Mate, you were celebrating last night. I could, I could uh, feel it, mate. And Ian, how are you, sir? I'm good. Getting ready for day three, baby. Here we go. This is where Super Bowl teams are made. Are you serious? Oh, you, if you can get day three picks to hit, that expedites your path to the Super Bowl. You start getting your fourth, fifth, sixth. Oh, yeah. Look at all those Super Bowl teams and how many guys in day three end up being contributors it's absolutely a money it's a money day yeah if you get say a wide receiver that turns into a starter at day three you're paying him a million a year and so you move on someone that you might be paying 20 million a year and that 19 million you should be able to spend on two guaranteed starters so suddenly you go from one day three pick and you turn it into three starters that are doing great stuff and that that's that magic that takes you from that we're a playoff team to we're one of the top three to four teams that are going to win a Super Bowl. All right, let's start off then talking about how it happened last night. Browns are on the, uh, on the clock and we take, um, what's it called? Uh, Grant Delpit. That was safety that's it, Grant Delpit. Ian, I'm sharp on my names today, mate. You know that I've got J.K. Hill in one of my polls, mate. So, uh, but yeah. I think it's all uh, that Jaeger bombs. Yeah, true. I've got a massive hangover, actually. Uh, Jack, what was your first impression when we took him, mate? Really happy. It's who um, we said on the uh, pre-day two show. Um, that's the guy I want. We went and got him. Um, there is question marks over his tackling. Don't get me wrong. But he can cover. Looks really good there. Add another safety, which gives us the options of let's have three starting safeties as a base because if we then throw in three corners, I can have not just my dream of one linebacker, but also we're weak at linebacker. So let's look at other stuff we can do to cover a weakness. And what would I rather have? Would I rather have three safeties or three linebackers? Three safeties all day long. Ian, what was your gut feeling when that 
came in, mate. I like the upside Delpit has. I liked it a little bit more than a few of the other guys. I think the Patriots went with uh, Kyle Duggar um, a few picks before him. So Delpit was kind of the easy choice. It was between him and Jeremy Chin, who we saw didn't go to the end of the second round. So I think the Browns had that right. But I think there's a little bit of truth, and I have a little bit of research we'll get to, why I think that the Grant Delpit pick and the Jacob Phillips pick equals Jack's wet dream. Yeah, it's, um, it's one just to look at PFF. Um, that them is their 15th best player. So when you're picking at, does anyone remember the 44. pick? 44. And you're getting the 15th best player. That's a good place to be. And uh, the next pick, wasn't it? Um, or the next person they took the other safety, Win, was it Winfred? Yeah, it was back-to-back safety. Yeah, are you happy we went with him over Winfred? Yeah, I think Xavier McKinney, um, that's a fair question. You might have thrown him in there. But for me, Delpit was the guy I wanted. What about you, Ian? I actually thought Delpit was going to sneak into that back half of the first round. I think teams were going to really – I thought teams were going to bet on his upside given that he had such a dominant 2018. But I'd much rather prefer my safety to be 6'2", 213, as opposed to Antoine Winfield, who's only 5'9". So I like the size. I think he has a little bit better of a coverage ability. Also – Yes, he did battle a high ankle sprain in 2019, but Winfield's had a little bit more of a serious shoulder injury that he's kind of dealt with. So I was definitely in the Grant Delpit over Antoine Winfield Jr. corner. Do you think there's a bit of a strategy here in the aspect of they're going for um, LS, uh, LSU players because of uh, Bengals taking Borrow? Is that just like it is what it is, you know? Yeah, that is what it is. They're, they're not ones. Um, if you sort of read the stars to get your picks and you're maybe Dave Gettleman uh, might do some weird stuff like that. It's not one I'm predicting for uh, my boy, Andrew Berry. All right, guys, well, let's move on quickly to uh, Jordan Elliott, defensive tackle. Um, I was a little, I, I wanted a linebacker there, I'm not going to lie. And uh, when it came through, I was a little bit deflated. For me, there weren't particularly a great linebacker that I was jumping up and down going, I've got to get this guy here. So it's not something I was that interested in. Um, because more or less, once Willie Gay Jr. had gone, I, I weren't that fussed. Um, I was happy to sort of let the ball come to us and really get it when it strike when the iron's hot. So we went and got the number one interior defensive player for PFF last season. The third... Um, interior defender on their entire big board and their 23rd best player. So that's another player that they had going in the first round um, for talent. And we managed to snag him at pick. Someone give it to me. 88. 88. Thank you very much. Um, And then also by doing that, and you get a third round pick next year. So phenomenal. Um, Love it. Yeah, I think Paul DePodesta echoed that when he talked about not only did we get a third-round defensive tackle, but we got another third-round pick to go with it. And I think the names that were on the board for the Browns, I do think Willie Gay, if he had slipped, I know he went towards the end of the second round of the Chiefs. Um, I think Logan Wilson would have probably been the last linebacker really in that bracket. He went 65. So come 74, where the Browns were originally going to pick, neither of those two guys were there. And if you look, there was a void where no linebackers really went for about 10 or 15 picks. But I think once the Ravens took Justin Matabuke at pick 71, if you look, almost 20 or 30 seconds after that, when the, um, when the Arizona Cardinals were on the board taking Josh Jones, the Browns traded the pick. So I think that Matabuke was their guy. The Ravens took him, so they said, you know what? 
we've got 10 or 15 guys grouped all together. Let's get the extra third round pick. Let's jump back. Now you get a guy like Jordan Elliott, who's in essence, he's a little bit bigger version of Larry Ogunjobi. Very similar skill set, probably going to play the three technique, more of a gap penetrator as opposed to kind of that wide one technique load. So he's measuring in at 302 pounds. So looking at a little bit bigger of an Ogunjobi to help kind of solidify that defensive line. I like the pick there. Yeah, Good value. It's, it's one way you're looking at pairs. So at one tech, Ogunjobi versus Billings. Whoever plays best has a chance of getting another contract here. It might be a case neither gets an extension. They're both out of contract. And then if we look at the three tech, if Elliott plays well enough on his sort of third, sort of 33% of snaps this year, they go, right, you can step up and be the starter. Let's clear out that Richardson money and go spend it in another position. So uh, if the better Elliott plays, Richardson position becomes more and more under threat. Yeah, and um, so do you see um, do you see Elliot uh, having a big impact this uh, season? Well, I'd expect him um, on the D line. I would expect your two starters in the interior to get sixty percent of snaps, and then the backups to get just a third of snaps. And obviously, you're asking, well, that doesn't add up to one. And that's because if you're looking at the edge, I'd expect two-thirds of snaps for the starting edge guys, so Vernon and Garrett, and then 40% for the two backups. And that gives you that nice rotation. Um, obviously, they're slightly more um, agile, generally, your uh, edge players, so they can play slightly more. And as well, you'll do some obvious pass snaps where you put on three or four edge defenders. So that gives you a nice rotation. Keeps everyone fresh, which is really key. Because if you don't have a good rotation... People get tied out on their play and their quality drops. Um, because if Miles Garrett plays 100% of snaps, he's, not, he's still going to be above average, but he's not going to be phenomenal in any way. We then take our linebacker, Jacob Phillips. A lot of people online were hoping for Malik Harris, and he went the next pick afterwards. Uh, Ian, as a high uh, State person, how are you feeling about that? So ironically enough, Malik Harrison and Jacob Phillips are the polar opposite of each other in the sense of Malik Harrison is more of your kind of coverage linebacker. I wouldn't put him as the most sure tackler or stout against the run. He's a good athlete. He actually came to Ohio State as a quarterback, and then they found a um, kind of a need for him at linebacker. So Malik Harrison, totally opposite of Jacob Phillips, who's more of a see ball, get ball kind of guy. I actually really like the pick. I know that Jack at first looked at it as the, you know, the PFF ranking on this guy, but I think it gives us a very, very strong window into what the, uh, what the Browns are going to do defensively. I think, it, he, I think they tipped their hat a little bit to say the least. Yeah. So for me coming into the pick, there was one guy I wanted and that was Curtis Weaver, um, edge defender, um, PFF's big board. That was 26th. Just looking at quality, fourth best edge defender two years ago, eighth best last year. Um, and then I thought Higgins, Brad, and there's a few other ways we can sort of get these players. Um, we ended up with Phillips and just uh, Phillips is, I would, I would go as far as fantastic, even say phenomenal tackler. Really, really good. We are talking about someone that can do that job. But there's three main things you're looking from a linebacker. Can they tackle? Can they blitz? Can they cover? And when I say... He's not good at coverage and blitz. That's an understatement. It's not in his game. He is there as a run-stopping linebacker. That's his job. He's really good at it. But then you've got the weakness in other places. 
So for me, a third round pick for that sort of focus on the run guy, it's not where I want to be. There was one linebacker that I liked more than either of them, actually, who's still on the board. Um, just pulling up his name here because it's double-barreled and it's evading me. It's Akeem Davis Gaither. He would have been my guy, much more all-rounder. And uh, I really do like the all-rounder. But I'll let Ian throw it out there because... I've been banging the drum for my dream and it sort of came to me afterwards and said, look, if, if you had six DBs on the field against 11 personnel, so three wide receivers, what would you want that linebacker to do? I'm not interested in the linebacker having coverage. I'm interested in the linebacker being one thing. And that's good against the run. So Ian, take it away. Let's, uh, let's do a little snapback uh, flashback in history. Joe Woods. He was a defensive coordinator in 2017 and 2018 for the Denver Broncos. In those years, they finished seventh overall in defense and 11th overall in defense. So two years under Woods, top 12 in defense. Let me throw a little uh, information out for you. On the 2017 Denver Broncos, how many linebackers took over 200 snaps on the season, Jack? Of 200? 200 snaps on the season, over. So if, for you to play a primary position, you have to play at least over 200 snaps. I mean, generally teams are playing 1,000 snaps on defense. Yeah, so if you're not playing over 20% of your snaps, you're not, a, you're not really relevant. Like a guy that comes in and plays 100 snaps, come on. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if, if, if you said 200, I would say it should be three on every team. I would, even just as a – not as a basis, sort of a uh, different, like, packages, I'd expect mm -hmm. it's got to be at least three. Two. Brandon Marshall played 910 snaps and Todd Davis played 520 snaps as the linebackers in Denver. Their coverage grades per PFF, 51.1 and 52.6. How many safeties played over 500 snaps? Three, Scott B. That would be three. Will Parks, Justin Simmons, and Darian Stewart. Their coverage grades, 56, 68.5, and 47.3. So, the, Brown, the Browns may be looking to that. And you say, okay, once so much. Let's take a look at 2018. How many safeties played over 500 snaps? That'd be three. Will Parks, Darian Stewart, and Justin Simmons. How many linebackers played over, let's say, 400 snaps? Only because we had an injury. Brandon Marshall got hurt. So Brandon Marshall played 468 snaps. Josie Jewell, the linebacker from, I believe, Iowa, played 460. And Todd Davis played 842. Their coverage grades were a little higher, 67 for Davis, 70, um, 67 for Marshall, and 52 for Josie. So you're looking at three safeties playing over 500 snaps under a Joe Woods defense, meaning they drafted Jacob Phillips to be a straight-line tackler, a.k.a. special teams. My guess is they're going to put Taki Taki on one side, probably have Mack and Goodson rotate on the other, and you're going to look at a secondary with Sandejo, Del Pitt, and Carl Joseph. Those are going to be your three guys. Use Sandejo and Carl Joseph in the run game. And then you have Delpit as kind of your freelancing center fielder. Boom, Browns defense. Yeah, I know. And I think it allows you lots of options because even though you say sort of uh, more strong safety with your uh, Joseph and Sandejo, they can both drop and easily do it. So it's one of them things where um, you could show as Delpit as the deeper one, the other two more pushed up. And then suddenly post-snap, they can all flip. So you could have Delphit go straight in and blitz. You could have the other two drop and have two high. And suddenly, if you're a quarterback, you've looked down to pick up the ball. You've seen Delphit high and the other two forward. By the time you look up, 
Del Pitt's coming straight at you and the other two have dropped back and, and all of that stuff that post-snap you can just do crazy packages. That's my dream. The base is the three uh, safeties and then you just move the amount of corners to match and I love man to man. That's what I would love to play the most of everything and you just match your corners straight up. If you're playing the team and they've got one uh, wide receiver out there, I don't mind. Just play one corner. If they've got two out there, put two out there. If they've got three out there, put three. Just literally sub and then match man-to-man. And if it's a case of you've got a better package and Greedy's better against that guy, then just move. Let them chase him over the field. Go absolutely crazy. So, uh, no, base of your three safeties, four on the uh, D-line, and then just match the rest on who's the uh, uh, wide receivers are. Yep, I think we're going to see some of that. I think that a couple of things to look for in day three. Do the Browns have maybe some free agents that they have lined up, you know, wide receivers, linebackers. If, you know, we see them go maybe tight end and cornerback and don't address the wide receiver, maybe they have an idea of something they want to do. I think a lot of these day, these day three picks are going to show us kind of what the Browns are going to be looking to do. And, you know, I'll be interested to see what they do right out of the gate here in day three with their 115th pick. Yeah, I think it's between wide receiver, tight end, and slot corner. They're the three that I would assume. So I guess um, would be corner or edge. They, I could see them going either Meek Robertson or um, Curtis Weaver. Oh, if Curtis Weaver's there, happy fucking days. Perfect. Well, let's get to day three in the draft, and we can do a little bit of a recap show since it's not going to be 4 a.m. Uh, when you guys, when this side of the draft finishes. So. Oh, we got a lot of Paul. Guys, quick question now. What time do you think um, talk Cleveland time's fine? What times do you think the draft's picks will be roughly today? So we're talking a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. What time I would say I would say the Browns will be about 12.45 Cleveland time, and then they have one at the end of the fifth, so you're probably looking at about two and a half hours in there, and then the later ones, who cares? I would say you're probably looking at a pick 45 minutes after the start of the draft. That could, maybe even less, maybe even 30. Because well, the, the, they were moving yesterday. The seventh's gone, so um, that's not there. So don't be surprised if one's a trade back. So I'd expect at least one trade back, if not potentially both picks get traded back. Um, unless there's someone they're really in love with when the fourth pops up. Jack oh, we've, we've got a trade. Video. We've got a trade. We've got a trade. The 49ers have traded for Trent Williams. It's finally happened. It's done. Um, so I don't know the compensation yet, but, uh, one thing I just want to let you know, check out the dog land. Um, I've got an article coming out today. I've been talking about the trade back from 10 to add in five, um, day two picks. I've done who them players would be and what that would look like for the Browns. So that's coming out. I'm not going to trail it yet. We'll do a chat about it probably later this week. Um, rather than do it now in the middle of draft, there's just so much going on. I'll give you the compensation. The, it's Trent Williams for a fifth this year and a third next year. Wow. So you're basically looking at, if it was this year, you would say it's a fourth and a fifth because you just move that third down to a fourth this year. Would I pay a fourth and a fifth from? No. So, um, no, it's interesting to note. Um, good luck to the guy. He's gone through a lot. But um, it just draws a line on that chapter and I'll never have to feel about it again. Really, really. Go Browns. Oh. Go Browns.